Job chapter number 1 this morning, Job chapter number 1, and we'll look at the first five verses of this chapter this morning, Job chapter number 1, and we brought a message from Job 1 a couple of weeks ago, and we'll look once again into the life of Job. We'll be visiting the book of Job, the life of Job, several times throughout the year in the next several months, but this morning... I want to bring a message to the Lord that's put in my heart, uh, be a <coughs> help to us, an encouragement to us as we look at the life of Job. Job chapter number one, as we begin reading verse number one, we'll read the first five verses this morning. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. This morning I want to use these first five verses. I want to bring a message this morning I've, I've entitled, The Biography of Job. The Biography of Job. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray this morning that you would use your word once again to speak to our hearts, to do a work in the lives of your people. Now, Father, I pray that you give me the strength this morning that I need. May uh, you control the service today. And, Father, may we all be helped by your word. If there's one unsaved uh, who's listening today, may they realize their need of salvation. May they put their faith and trust in Christ. If there's one away from you out of fellowship with you, may their fellowship be restored today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Job is certainly a, a, a interesting character. He is a unique character. That might be a better word uh, to use. Uh, Job many times is described or known by his trial. Uh, certainly, uh, that is the thing that uh, we, we can learn much from, is the trial that Job went through. Uh, his trial is certainly a part of his life, but is not his whole life. I think sometimes we, we look at things in Scripture and uh, we certainly grab on the truths and, and situations that the Bible presents at a time when we need them. And certainly if you've been through a trial, certainly you've been reminded or you've uh, by a preacher or you've been reminded by yourself or you've been reminded by the Spirit of God of, of Job and how Job faced trials and Job endured trials and certainly his trial has been, I can testify that has been an encouragement to me. Uh, well, I haven't gone through what Job has gone through, and Job still uh, uh, stays faithful to the Lord, then I can stay faithful to the Lord. And certainly uh, that is very helpful and that is very true. <clears throat> but while that's a great part of his life, it's not his whole life. And I hope once again this morning we get another sense of the man that Job was. Certainly, if God allows me to go through a trial, <clears throat> I can look at the life of Job and I can learn what I can from how he endured his trial. And I'm thankful that God preserved in his word 
that, that Job's trial so that we can draw strength from it, so that we can draw instruction from it. But I also want to look at the other aspects of Job's life. And there's a reason why Job, you can't get halfway through the first chapter of this book without having an understanding of what God thought of Job. God thought very highly of Job. Quite frankly, that's why God allowed him to go through that trial. In, in, in the biography that we know of Job, I want to remind us, it's not what man has presented about himself. It's not what Job assured that he wanted man and his legacy to be one day. This is God's word preserving for us uh, Job, a man that God wants us to know about. And certainly I want us to look in, in times of trial and tribulation, learn what we can from the life of Job. But I think there's some wonderful, wonderful truths about Job, the man, the character he had, and God's opinion of him that we ought to emulate as well. Certainly it could be said that nobody wants to go through what Job went through. As I think sometimes we're afraid to even, even, even broach that because of what Job went through, understandably so. But may we not miss the lessons that his life presents uh, and who Job was and what we can learn from Job. So this morning, I want to give just a brief synopsis, if you will, the biography, the summation of who Job was, because I remind you that God had a, such a high opinion that he allowed him. The trial would have never taken place. And by the way, when we go through trials, we go through tribulation, just as Job had the opportunity, it's an opportunity for us to honor God. It's an opportunity for us to bring glory to God. Is, is it, shouldn't that be our goal? Is to bring honor and glory to God. And we say that, but sometimes that means through a difficulty. That means through a hardship. That means through a trial. And certainly, God put on display and has preserved for us in His Word the greatness, the goodness of Job revealed through a trial, but it's who he was. And so let's look at several things from the life of Job that God has preserved for us. And let me just say before we get into the outline this morning, would it be a wonderful goal of all of ours for God to have an opinion of us like He had of Job? For God to think of us, say, well, there's some things in my life nobody else knows about. God knows about it. Well, people in this world have a high opinion of me, but does God have a high opinion of you? What is God's opinion of your Christianity? What is God's opinion of your sincerity? What is God's opinion of your life? That should be our goal. That should be our standard. Maybe we be reminded of that because when it all comes down to it, there's only one opinion that matters, and it is God's. And if God's pleased with us, we should be satisfied with that. If God's not pleased with us, we should not be satisfied with that. We should work and strive and every day. That's why the Sunday school lesson this morning on walking with God, that's why it's important that we walk with God. Job was a man that walked with God because it's God's opinion of our life that matters. And in this world, quite frankly, we live in, where everything is, is set through social media and, and, and victimization, all these things, for man's applause and man's approval, may it be said in the life of a Christian, our only goal is for God to be pleased with us. Our only goal is for God to say, I'm, I'm pleased. And, and we'll look at this at a different time, a different message, but when Satan comes as the accuser of their brethren, uh, boy, we don't like to think about what the consequences may be, but may it be on the lips of our Heavenly Father, have you considered... Because of a life that we live and the life that Job lived. Let's look very quickly at, number one, the priority of his life. We see in verse number one, 
that he was a man perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. We spent another message time on, on verse number one and what all of that meant. But it, it, you can't read, help but read that verse and understand that the priority of the life of Job was a person. Now, if we continue to read, we're going to read that there's great wealth that he had. That was not his priority. The priority of his life was a person. Who was that person? It was God. Can it be said of all of us today that the priority of our life is God? The priority of our life, say, well, the priority of my life is my family. That's not a, that, that's a, that's not a bad priority, and quite frankly, that should be up the list, but it should not be the top of the list. Well, I want to do good in my career, do good in the job that God's given me to provide for my life. That's, that's not a bad thing, but the priority ought to be a person. The priority ought to be God. The priority ought to be pleasing Him. God was the priority of his life. It said that he feared God, but he also wanted to please God. And, and there's, we ought to have a healthy fear of God because of the respect and the awe of who he is and the understanding of what we are. We are but dust. But we ought to have a desire to please him. That was Job's motivation. You read, he even offers sacrifice on behalf of his children just in case. Just in case in their heart they were not right. He was a man who wanted to please God. It would change the life of the average Christian if we decided that all I'm going to do today, what I want to accomplish today is I want to please God. If I please God today, then everything else will check off exactly the way it is. And we need, we need fathers who just want to please God, husbands who want to please God, mothers and, and wives who want to please God, children who want to please God. We need Christians who just live to please God. He feared Him, and He wanted to please Him. What is the driving motivation in your life? It ought to be to please God. I want to be a success. Well, I don't think success is bad, but I think the greater motivation is pleasing God. Because when we have a desire to please God, He defines our success. The world doesn't define the success. He does. May we emulate this aspect of His life. He lived different, and He lived different. It was because Everything, his life centered around, centered around God. He was a very wealthy man. He was the wealthiest man of his day. But it doesn't take you very long reading in the life of Job to realize his wealth, his life did not center around his wealth. His life centered around God. And may it be said of all of us that God our life centers around God. Quite frankly, there's a lot of Christians, a lot of people who claim the name of Christ, and I'm not one to judge their salvation, and certainly that's not what I intend to do. But certainly I can say this by their actions, by their speech, by what they do on the Lord's Day, uh, but by the way they, they interact with this world, God is not the center of their world. He is not the priority of their life. Well, I just had all these other things going on. Well, if the Lord's day, where should a child of God be if they're physically able? It shows that He is the priority of us. Well, I just didn't have time this week to, 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 to read my Bible. I just didn't have time this week to, to talk to you. What's the priority of your life? Uh, Job was the kind of man that he didn't just offer the sacrifices for himself. He made time to offer them for everybody else in case they didn't have time. They didn't do it themselves. 
Wait, what's the priority? God was the priority. You know, often, either those who are away from the Lord or those that don't know the Lord, they'll use Christians as an excuse. Well, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Now, that's not going to help them when they stand before the Almighty God. But, you know, we, sh- there, we shouldn't live in a way where there's any truth to that. We ought to be people who God is the priority. God, God is, and, and the Bible speaks much about us being a stumbling block. I don't think Job was a stumbling block. I think Job lived the way that he said. He, when he said that God was his priority, his actions certainly showed so. So we find God writing his biography. He has preserved his life in the book of Job. And I, for one, I'll just say, I've never had a desire to be a Bible character where God just revealed to everybody the good and the bad of my life. But we see the life of Job. God has written the biography. We know God had a very high opinion of Job. And we see that the priority of his life was a person. Friend, don't make the, the priority of your life anything but God. Anything but pleasing your heavenly Father, serving Him, fulfilling the life that He's given you. The priority of His life was God. We see number two, I want us to see the people in His life. There's much we can learn from, and <coughs> I'm certain there'll be other messages on another day that we look at some of these, <coughs> excuse me, specifically. But we know that He had children. He had sons and He had daughters. In verse number two, when they were born to Him, seven sons and three daughters. We know because we know the story of Job, and if you don't know just very quickly, uh, that he loses all ten of his children. But we know by reading the first several verses here, we know that his children knew what Job believed. They knew that the center of Job's world was God. Uh, We get this, we come to this conclusion, and when you read in verse number 5, and and then the kids all getting together, having that feast. And Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. It does not give us any indication that they did not offer sacrifices themselves. I believe they knew what Job's priority was. I knew that Job... Uh, taught them the things that were right. But just in case, Job went the extra mile and offered sacrifices on their part. So from what we can gather from the little bit we know about his ten sons and daughters, that uh, they were also reared in this way. And uh, we know that they are going to be taken from him and taken out of his life. We also know, if we peek ahead to chapter number 42, that God gives him ten more Uh, children uh, in the future. Uh, We know that he had a wife. Uh, We, in just, in in a few, in in chapter number four, we, uh, I believe it is that we find what she has become famous for, uh, her uh, just curse God and die. And there's a lot that could be said about that. There's a lot of criticism that she earns and and probably rightfully so. Uh, But you do say, if you do fast forward, she did give Job 10 more children. He had a wife that we can just say it like this, had a failure in her faith. Had a weak moment. Now, before we cast judgment at her, anybody in here ever have a weak moment? Anybody in here ever face tragedy and heartache and have a weak moment? 
and ask God, why did, you, why did you do this? Or why are we going through this? What's the use of this? He also had friends. We use that term loosely when it comes to Job's friends. In Job chapter 16 and verse number 1, Job refers to his buddies, that band of brothers he had, as miserable comforters. At first, they started out right. They, hey, Job, we want to be here for you. Then they did what so many do, and certainly I don't want to be a friend as a miserable comforter, begin to tell Job why he was going through what he was going through. And friend, don't be a friend like that, who when somebody goes through something, let me tell you why. Or, or get on the phone with somebody and tell them why you think so-and-so is going through that. Job says, miserable comforters are ye all. Now, I point this out because he had sons and daughters who were not perfect. Anybody relate to that? Oh, this is going to be a good one. He had a wife that was not perfect. I'm not going to ask you if you can relate to that. He had friends that turned negative. Job was a great man. Job was a man that God held in high esteem, but don't miss this. Job was flesh and blood. Everything in his life was very similar to how our lives are. The people around him were not perfect. His kids were not perfect. Certainly, uh, his, his wife is very well documented, had a lapse in faith. We know that Job is reprimanded by God uh, throughout this whole thing. Job was not perfect. The people around him had problems too. And so, but Job still kept the, the person, the main thing. And what I draw from this, <coughs> and God, I think, preserves for us to know, is that Job's world was not perfect, but yet Job still did what he was supposed to do. And too many times we as Christians use our humanity as an excuse or the humanity of those around us as an excuse of why we can't keep God the priority, of why we can't keep God first place in our life. Job's kids were not perfect. I believe Job's kids knew what they were supposed to do. We know that Job, just in case, offered sacrifices on their behalf. His wife was not perfect. His situation was not his friends. Oh man, if I had people, all these people discouraging me, and I just can't do right. Okay, let's think about Job. Every security he had in the form of an individual outside of God, and there were times he wondered where God was. He couldn't rely on any of them. Couldn't rely on any of them. So why do we use this as an excuse? Well, the people around me, or this, I just, it's hard. You know, we have to determine that the person, the, the priority of our life is going to still be the person. There's not much different than what's going on in his world that goes on in our world. And I know we pick on Mrs. Job, but Job had a lapse in faith. Let's flip this around. Uh, not, every, not every, and I almost said not every man is perfect, but you, you, you can put those together. Most men are not perfect. So if you didn't get a perfect one, sorry. No, his life was not much different than the life that we have. I want us to see, number three, the prosperity on his life. Verse number three, we get an idea of the substance that he had. He had great wealth. <clears throat> We've already seen that this was not his priority. 
but this was blessings of God. Now, when we say that, I think sometimes we, as preachers, do a disservice. The blessings of God as in because somebody lived the caliber of life that God just dropped all of these animals from heaven. No, as I pointed out several weeks ago, in the life of Job, how God gave all of his wealth back, I believe that Job was a man who worked hard, and God blessed his labor. Job is a man who sought the wisdom of God, and God blessed that. Job is a man who said, I'm going to put forth the effort and the labor, and God blessed. And when God wouldn't put the blessing on maybe on the others, he put the blessing on God, but Job still did what Job was supposed to do. Job went to work every day. Job provided. He was not just that God dropped these things out of the sky. God blessed his efforts. And the prosperity on his life was, was related to God being the center, the priority of his life. But I find this, and I think this is very important for you and I to be reminded of, his prosperity didn't change who he was. So many times... You see it in the life of individuals. When God drops a big blessing, it changes them. They fall in love with the blessing and they've forgotten it was the God of the blessing who got them the blessing. Well, there's blessings and God will bless your obedience. And God will bless Him being the priority of your life. And God will bless you honoring Him and getting up every day saying, it'll be a successful day if I just feel like I pleased God today and I honored him today. God will bless that. It won't always be in the form of, of zeros behind your paycheck. Sometimes it is. But there are great blessings that God does and you and I must be reminded how it is the God of the blessing that is greater than the blessing. And too many times we as a Christian, we struggle and we, and we get priorities set in our life. And we say, I just want to please God. I just want to honor God. I'm just going to do what's right. I don't understand all the reasoning behind it. I don't have to. <clears throat> God says this is what I should do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be a person of integrity and character. And I want God to be happy with me. And I want God to be pleased with me. God blesses that. The life of Job, it never changed him. Job, at the time we find in Job chapter number 1, we find all of his wealth. He's still sneaking out by himself and offering sacrifices on behalf of his children just in case. He didn't sit around with all that wealth and rest on that and be satisfied with that and let spiritual things take a back seat. After all, I've got to deal with the blessings that God's given me. He didn't send a servant to go offer a sacrifice just in case. The thing that was still on his mind was not, how are my investments coming through? The thing that was on his mind is, my home not pleasing to God? One of my children, is there something in their heart that should not be there? He had great prosperity in his life. That was a direct result of God's blessings. And by the way, we need to be reminded of that. All the blessings we have are of God. You know, sometimes we're like, I'm, you know, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be an American. And, but, you know, the, 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 the arrogance of Americans and this and that, and say, you know, the rest of the world will insult us with that. You Americans just think you're better than everybody else. It's about time you realize that. that I mean, that's, that's our attitude. I mean, we're, we're born. We're, it's like we did something by just being born here. 
It's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. And I, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. I'm glad that I'm an American. I'm glad. But it's but by the grace of God. It's not like we did anything. You just have to be born here. Now, what you do with that opportunity makes a difference. The point I'm trying to make is, is everything that is good in our life is a direct benefit of God's goodness to us. So what have you done with that? Sometimes it's very easy. It's a dangerous thing when there's prosperity and when there's blessing is to become complacent. Become complacent in our Christian lives. Well, we have to work very hard for God's blessings not to change us, and they certainly didn't change Job. Then number four, and this is where I want to spend the remainder of my time, we find the practice that defined his life. We've already alluded to it. In verse number five, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them. And rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. That's a lot of offerings. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Now, we know that God had a high opinion of Job. Job did not get that. God did not have that opinion of him. Job did not, if I can say it this way, earn that status with God without first offering sacrifices on his own behalf. Acknowledging his own sins. Acknowledging his own shortcomings. Uh, It was after that, he went beyond that. And he offered sacrifices on behalf of all of his children. It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Now, if the verse ended there, that'd be a pretty amazing thing. And eventually, I have a message that when the Lord tells me the time to preach, I'll preach it on the home of Job and the examples of the home of Job. Certainly some wonderful examples, and I'll spend some time on that. But he didn't just do this one time. Notice what verse number 5 ends with, Thus did Job continually. This was not a one-time thing when he did that. Now, he had ten children, and he offered sacrifices for all ten of them just in case. Now, there was probably one, at least one of those ten, that he's probably a little more concerned than the other ones, so he may have offered two sacrifices for that one. And you're laughing now, many of you, because one of your children came to mind right then. But he says he did this continually. This was not a one-time thing. This was a habit. We don't have time this morning, but if you think, I want you to think with me as we walk through the life of Job very quickly. Certainly, this was a habit of his in the offering of sacrifices after he offered a sacrifice for himself. When the great trial comes and God allows these things to come into his life, and his children are taken away from him, his wealth is taken away from him, you find Job's response, you find, we find him eventually in an ash heap. How did he get there? He, it was certainly custom for them to 
to go to the ash heap, to rent their clothes, to he responded in a way that would have been expected of somebody who was looking to God for relief of their situation. One of my, it's become one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, Job 42, the last chapter of Job. God reprimands his friends. Now, that's not why it's my favorite, but that's a good one. That's a good part of it. <clears throat> he reprimands his friends, and then he tells his friends, he says, you go get everything ready for a sacrifice, but you take it to Job. I'm not going to hear your prayer. And by the way, that's a message in itself. Just because we utter some words and throw them up to God doesn't mean God hears them. There's a lot of Christians today who have evil in their heart and bitterness in their heart, and they think God hears their prayer. Well, you could explain that to those miserable comforters. He said, I'm not even going to hear you. But you get it all ready and, if, and let Job offer the sacrifices on your behalf. I'll hear him. Now, everything Job had went through, God was still. I said, I'll listen to Job. I'll hear Job. And let me go back and remind you the fourth point that we make this morning, the practice that defined his life. The practice that defined his life was his personal time with God. When he was wealthy, when he was poor, when he had joy, when he had sorrow, in his strength, in his weakness. It was Job chapter number 1. We find Job making sacrifices to God. God hearing no sacrifices. In Job chapter number 42, we get distracted because it's the way we think many times by the wealth that Job had. In Job 1. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I'm not minimizing it. You go to Job 42 and as the chapter ends, you see the response that God has had in giving everything back, the wealth back, ten more children to the point where everybody's coming back to Job and he's not the one with the curse on him anymore. Now when people see the blessings that God has on his life again. That's a wonderful thing. There's a wonderful picture. and wonderful reminder to you and I to never quit, just to keep pursuing God, to keep doing what we're supposed to do. Let God worry about the blessings. Sometimes those blessings, we get distracted, but let's not lose sight of the fact that it was the sacrifices of Job that got God's attention. It was his personal relationship with God that was done on purpose. That was done in a way that would bring honor to God. I wonder how many of God's children have been put through a, through a fire, put through a trial, but it did not end the way that Job's ended because they did not have the relationship with God or they forsook their relationship with God during the trial. Quite frankly, I've lived long enough and been in ministry long enough to watch God allow some things to come into the life of a Christian only to watch them 
take their eyes off of the goodness of God and look at the blessings, the things that they don't have in, in their life anymore and turn their heart against God because of difficulty. May we emulate Job and follow in his biography, if you will, the fact that the story of Job ends the same way it begins. You find a man who is in pursuit of God. We find a man that when he offered that sacrifice and prayed, God heard him. Is there a greater thing? Let me leave you with this this morning. Is there a greater thing for a Christian to have than to be able to access God. There's a lot of Christians who can say, I've got this in my life, I've got this in my life, and and you look at how God has blessed me here and here and here, but if they had to get a hold of God, could they get a hold of Him? Or would they be like one of those miserable comforters, and God said, you can get everything ready for the sacrifice, but I'll not hear you, I'll hear Job. And I'm thankful that we have a God who through the Lord Jesus Christ, we can access Him. But the point I'm making today is it ought to be be the most important part of our life and our every day is I've got to talk to God today. I've got to make sure God is pleased with me today. I've got to make sure God is involved in what is going on in my life. And so many times we even get to a place where it's like, I've got to have God's blessings, I've got to have God's blessings. And make no mistake, I want God's blessings. But are his blessings greater than him? The answer to that is no. Because the greatest thing that we have is the fact that we can go to our God. And in our low moments, God will not leave us. The practice that defined his life, as we conclude this morning, as we look at the life of Job and we look at the man that he was, we find his priority was God. Very practical applications this morning. What's your priority? If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, He's not your priority. A lot of religious people in this world, but they've never got their salvation settled. But in your daily walk, in your daily life, is God the priority? And this morning, quite frankly, sometimes we as Christians, we need to have things reprioritized and be reminded of who the most important person in our life is. You know, the, <clears throat> sometimes we look at things that Bible characters go through and we write it off as, well, that's, that, they're the exception. That's different. My friend Job had difficulties like you and I have difficulties. But the practice that defined his life, what got Job through was the fact that he already had a practice, a relationship, if you will, a habit of spending time with God. And we see that that is what God put the priority on, the fact that when it's all said and done in the life of Job, Job just God just wanted to hear from Job because he knew the insincerity, he knew the things that were in the heart of others, but Job kept a pure heart. Why? Because when God was blessing him, he wanted to make sure God was pleased with him. When he didn't understand what God was doing in his life, he wanted God to be pleased with him. And even in Job and his pride, when he began to question God throughout uh, the, several passages in this, in this book, and God dealt with him, and God dealt harshly with him, Job just wanted God to be pleased with him. 
we look, we don't want the trial of Job, certainly. Sometimes we kind of, you, you, you kind of weigh on the thing, well, he did have all this wealth, he did have all these blessings. If he just goes through that, well, Job didn't know how it was going to end up. Job didn't know that he, God was going to give him the opportunity to have all that back. But Job wanted to keep his integrity. What was that? I want God to be pleased with me. I don't know what you're going through today. You may be experiencing the great blessings of God. Don't let that change you. Remember who blessed you. Remember what you did to get God's blessings. You stop doing it, God will remove His blessings from your life. Maybe you're in the trial aspect. You're going through something, certainly nothing like Job is going through, but maybe you are going through a trial. Maybe you are going through a time of burden, a valley, if you will. Maybe there's some things going on in your life you don't understand. Why don't you keep the priority the priority, and that's the relationship with God. And in times we don't understand what He's doing, God is still God. He's still in His throne. He's still in control. And may we have a desire to have the integrity as Job did, and may we keep a spirit about us that when we come out of that trial, God's like, I just still want to hear you. Maybe today you would say, well, Pastor, I don't, God's been good to me. I don't think I'm going through a trial or tribulation. The day is coming. The best counsel that I can give you this morning is to make your time with God the priority in your life. The secret, the secret, really isn't a great secret, but it, by the way we don't practice it, you'd think it was a secret. To Christians who sustain themselves and are faithful to the things of God is because they have a personal relationship with Him. How do you get through a trial? God gets you through it. And that's why our young people, our teenagers and young adults, you have a great opportunity because you're in a place where you're taught the Word of God. You have an opportunity to have a relationship with God out of your own choosing. And to learn at a young age to build that relationship and to spend that time with Him because life is going to bring difficulty to us all. What sustained Job? I would submit to you that when it was going good, he still made those sacrifices that needed to be made. And then he made sacrifices that he wasn't even commanded to make. Job was not a bare minimum Christian. He made them just in case. And he did it continually. Job, you got some spare time. What are you going to do? I think I'm going to make another sacrifice. It was important to him that God was pleased with him. May it be just as important in our own life. Father, I pray you'll use the message today.